The show whose host, when he was a kid, his parents moved a lot. But that's all right. He always managed to find them. <laughs> Thanks, Rodney Dangerfield. Great line. This is your host, Brom French. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at bromfrench at mail.com. That is B-R-A-H-M-F-R-E-N-C-H at mail.com. Or you can reach me by telephone at 210-854-8029. So, what is going on in the world today? Well, that is a great question. We are still looking at Syria, as uh, though Syria is the bad guy. Um, and Russia now is involved in Syria. They have uh, now sent air support. And uh, they're going to bomb what we thought was going to be the terrorist ISIS. Come to find out what they did was they instead bombed the uh, what we term the moderate rebels. Now, let me make sure we understand this. Just because the government says there are moderate uh, terrorists or moderate Muslims does not make this the case. Anybody remember the uh, Arab Spring? And I'm doing air quotes while I say Arab Spring. This was not much of a spring. If you will recall, those are the same people that formed ISIS and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood that we're seeing that is just sweeping across the Middle East and making its way over here. We uh, One of the crazy things is Putin gets up and gives a speech. The uh, president of or the head of Russia, who wants to be the head of the reunited Soviet Union, former KGB, and uh, gets up and gives a speech that sounds more American than our politicians. What an amazing time we are living in. Our politicians sound more like uh, more like communists, and the communists sound more like us. Uh, you just don't know where is uh, where is the truth anymore because we're not getting it from Washington. Now I will say we do know where the truth is, uh, but you're not going to get it out of Washington. I don't guess you ever will really get it out of Washington. You will find truth in the Word of God. You will find truth in an altar and in your relationship with God. We're seeing good guys are bad guys. Bad guys are good guys. We're living in what was titled 1984. It is, uh, we are at war against Euro-Asia. Everything is chaotic. What a mess. But there is still an anchor. There is still an anchor. That anchor is in the presence of Jesus Christ. That anchor is still in him, in his word, in his promises, and in a relationship with him. In that solitude, that is him. He still is the shelter, the pavilion. He is still the hope of the world today. Thank God. When there's nothing else to hold on to, we can still hold on to him. When the world is in the mess that it's in, I can't imagine, honestly, I can't imagine what I would do, where I would turn without him. But with him, we are more than conquerors through Christ. We will be victorious. 
Outside of him, there's nowhere to turn. The world is just doomed. But in him, we've got nothing to hold our heads down about. As a matter of fact, we can do just the opposite. Bible talks about looking not looking high. Your redemption draweth nigh. Thank you so much. Let me take a break. And when I come back, we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. Will someone shut that bat up? Never! Never! You have daddy issues? We all do. And now we have a solution to help you cope with your cruel and unusual fathers. Amendment 8 Counseling. Does your daddy like to poke fun at your failures and mistakes? Didn't make a mistake from our team man. Claudio pointed out. Football team makes it to the playoffs. Dad's glad someone's not a failure. Well, we have a five-step process to solving all of your daddy issues. The first, accepting the fact that you have a problem, and it goes by the name of Dad. I myself attend Amendment 8, counseling. And I am on step three, admitting that the man is in fact my father. It's been a long, hard process, but I'm making it out just like you can. Order our Amendment 8 five-step booklet for just three easy payments at $99.98. Let Amendment 8 solve your issues for you. And we are back, you lucky, lucky people. <laughs> you are still listening to Oh God and Man. We are in Genesis chapter 35. We're about to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. And we have actually made it to Genesis 35. I am skipping. I could spend more time on the end of chapter 34 and bring everything together even more so, but uh, we're going to go ahead and push forward. We're in Genesis chapter 35, but we're pushing forward, but we're only going to do one verse today. Genesis chapter 35 and verse number one. The Bible says this, and God said unto Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. So we're going to spend just a little time. You remember, if we were to go back, that Jacob is running from his brother. Now, God is reaching for Jacob. Jacob is already distraught. His name has now been brought through the mud because his boys. Uh, two of his boys have gone and uh, killed all of Shechem's family, the whole city, basically. Shechem and Hamor, they, they totally decimated the place. Then the rest of his boys came in and looted the joint. So they've, they've uh, robbed, they've killed. And now the Lord is speaking to Jacob and he tells Jacob to arise. First of all, let's spend just a little time on just that. God said, get up. <laughs> Jacob is distraught. His world is over. His uh, neighbors hate him because of what his reputation is ruined. It's in the toilet. But God said, arise. Huh. Can I tell you that there are times in your life where your name is going to be mud with some people. Your name is going to be tarnished. There are going to be people that are connected with you that are going to tear you down. Tear down your name, your reputation. But God, again, will say, 
arise. It reminds me of a good, pro I think it's in Proverbs. The Bible says that a just man falls seven times and gets back up. It's not Proverbs, it's in Psalms. A just man falls seven times and gets back up. He arises, refuse to stay down. And so God says to Jacob, hey man, get up. I'm not done with you. Go up to Bethel. Now, why would he tell him to go to Bethel? Because Bethel huh, was the place where God first appeared to him. And check this out. The thing that he says, he says, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Go back to where you and I first connected. Go back to where you and I first made our bond, where our relationship started. And when you get back there, don't just breeze through it, but dwell there, stay there. If we, in our lives today, if we can just have that understanding that God is calling us, first of all, to get out of the mully grubs, to arise. But after we arise, to go back to where he first spoke to us, but not just go back there and pay it a visit, but dwell there, live there. And I understand we're not talking nowadays about a physical place, but in our spiritual walk with God, he's calling us back to that relationship, back to that one-on-one -on -one connection between just us and him. And so he says, get up. Arise, go back to Bethel where I first talked to you and dwell there. And then he tells them something else and make there an altar unto God. Go back to Bethel where we first met, dwell there, abide there, live there. And when you get back there, build an altar to God, build me an altar, make it a sanctified place. Make it a place where you and I can continue to commune, where you and I can continue to have the relationship. I understand at this point, you, I hope you understand at this point, Jacob is, he's got to be distraught. He's got to be upset. You can tell by what he says at the end of chapter 34. He is blaming his kids and saying, hey, I, I can't even look at my neighbors anymore. And the whole time, God's saying, hey, man, get up, get up. Don't stay down. Get up. Come back to Bethel. Come back to where you and I first spoke. Come back and dwell there. Live there. Don't don't just come pay a visit. You know, Muslims go to Mecca. Their, their whole goal is everybody's supposed to go to Mecca at once, at least once in their life. That's a big deal with them. I mean, and, and they come from all over the world to go to Mecca. And here God's saying, but, and they, they go to Mecca and then they're gone and they'll never, most of them will never go back. But God is calling and he's saying, when you come back to me, don't just get up and go like they do at Mecca. But when you get into my presence, stay there, live there, abide there. Don't leave. Don't leave my presence. Don't leave where I can commune with you. Go back to where I first communed with you. I remember where the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. Now it's a pawn shop off of Pat Booker Road just outside San Antonio, Texas. And I will drive down that road and every now and then I will go into that old pawn shop that used to be a church building. Before that was a movie theater. 
think they showed adult movies. But every now and then I'll go back just to remember that's where God first filled me with the Holy Ghost. He said, go back there. And he continues, go back and build an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Go back and dwell there and deal and talk with the God that appeared to you when your life was falling apart. Huh. You remember? <laughs> your life's falling apart now, Jacob, because your boys have messed up. But I'm still the same God that when you were fleeing from Esau, I was here. And now you're upset because your kids have let you down. I'm the same God. I'm still here. Why don't you come back and build the altar? Well, looks like I have run out of time. I'm glad I only did one verse. There's no way I could have gotten through it all. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you later. Will someone shut that bat up? Never! Never!